Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole, and my guest today, Kishori. Kishori is joining me once again and continuing our Maps of Consciousness series as we delve into Rahu and look at Rahu in all of the different houses of astrology, all of the different areas of life. Today we talk about Rahu in the ninth house, the ninth house of Dharma, and Rahu being often referred to as Adharma or against Dharma, against the grain, against the norm, uh, poses some interesting questions, I think. And I, I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. I certainly did um, with Kishori today. So without further ado, here's Kishori. So Kishori, welcome back. Yes, thank you. Lovely to be with you again. Good to have you here and, and talking about something that we, um, in astrology anyway, gravitate to a lot, which is the ninth house and mm -hmm. good luck and auspiciousness and good fortune and expansion and dharma and purpose and duty and the sense of living life on purpose, I think, is really um, an important part of astrology as well, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But... In the context of Rahu, of course, Rahu can mix things up and make things interesting. But we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in terms of the challenges of Rahu here, but also the rewards. Um, so if I just quickly list off a few things at Ninth House, and you, you choose a place to dive in, right? <laughs> um, wherever, wherever, whatever draws you, right? So I'll just make you a list. Know, you just spell out a little bit of the basics of the, the Ninth, and it would be a good start. Right. Yeah, perfect. So the, uh, the first thing, the most obvious thing is the father, even though in Indian astrology, there's a difference here with Western astrology, there's a, a bit of a, a difference. But anyway, in the ninth house, uh, Indian astrology chart, it's the father. It's also the teacher, the guru, the tradition, the past, dharma, like the purpose and duty, a sense of, um, you know, when you're doing that thing that you do that you just feel like this is me, basically, that's ninth house. It's good luck, auspiciousness the higher mind, higher education as well, where, whether it's PhD or philosophical, more spiritual thinking, knowledge, religion, therefore also travel and anything basically that broadens the mind and gives you a sense of faith and belief, basically, ultimately is what it comes down to. It's this sense of a well-worn path that you're now on, that you have trust in and that you have faith in. Mm. Yes, it, it all sounds to me that when I first looked at this as this is this this is the riverbed, this is the underpinning, this is the shape that that as a being you've chosen to to to, to follow or to infill in this um, planetary logos, in this story life that we're living right now. And it's always that 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 Shiva underpinning Shakti, the, <laughs> the supporting. And then within that, within those givens, shall we call them, that we, we've chosen, then we play and we express the Shakti and we express. They are the, 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 the almost like the bedrock. And there's beyond that as well. There's all that beyond all that. But to, to actually play in a body here, it's really uh, very useful not to wander like a, you know, be blown around like a leaf in the wind and to have some 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 stability it's not the permanent stability or the ultimate stability but it is it is a stability as we as we begin to root it's almost like it's, it's like the three-legged race you're bound together 
the river makes the riverbed and the river, the riverbed, the river couldn't flow if there wasn't some shapes and tendency to be there. And in the end, it's, it becomes a kind of yoga and the structure is, I don't know, it seems to be absorbed in a way. But anyway, let's go on and see what we come to in our exploration. Right. I mean, but I, again, I just feel like that image now that I have never thought of before in relation to the ninth house is so apt because I, I used to think of it as, you know, the path. You're on a path, like a, a walkway, which can also feel quite rigid, which is another mm. part of the ninth house where it's tradition mm. and it's like you're following this well-worn path. And actually, if you step off this path, you know, oh, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> Whereas the riverbed feels more like, well, actually, this is laid down by a natural current, you know, as opposed yeah. to man-made, you know? Mm. I, I remember I used to um, talk about desiring a structure for myself because I explored so widely. And I went, yeah, but the structure's got to be like skin. Mm. <laughs> so you want a riverbed like skin. Right, right. It's, it's totally customized to the expression of life that we are. Totally customized. Oh, that's such an important point, because that, that kind of rigidity of like holding, like then you're talking about not just religion and belief, you're talking about fundamentalism. If, if you go back to a, a father and you would like an ideal father, a father that really considers his child, his son or his daughter, and, and modifies his fathering to what he sees in front of him, you know, what 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 that child is, because the child brings with it its own being. So it's not just like the function of a father can't be there without the without the, the child, of course, but the father has to mold to what the newness that's coming through this child. And then that's just a sort of true fathering, not a one size fits all. Mm. And that, that rigidity you're talking about sounds like, you know, one size fits all, doesn't it? <laughs> that, but that has that's so true because that has been my experience not only and as many people i'm sure are uh, you know would relate to this fathering this kind of rigidity in the in mm -hmm. with the father relationship but also with then subsequently because like the father could be seen as the first teacher but subsequent teachers and gurus that kind of rigidity where it's like you have to follow mm -hmm. the rules but it's it, i always see that relationship like a it's like two sides of a coin. It's only one because you couldn't have, you couldn't be a father without a child. The child is the cutting edge. So the child makes the father. I mean, it's like who produces the whole of this story? Each, each expression, each child. Mm. Actually, that's the point of, that's the source. It's the child, really. It makes so much sense because in astrology, if I relate to like that Jupiter, the planet Jupiter represents the guru, the teacher. And yeah. that relates to the ninth house more so. It's one of the major things, the connections to the ninth house. And but Jupiter also rules children. Right. If children are our teachers. Right. Like you say, it's like you can't have one, you can't have you can you can't have be a father without either child. Likewise, yeah. you can't be a teacher without a student. So it's all like, yeah, 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 absolutely. It has to be a relationship. So they have to be one. You can't each relationship actually has that third thing which is father son a union and it, it, as we explore we see that that each of us has created our, our own whole 
uh, whole, the wholeness of our own story, our fairy tale, if you like. <laughs> well, that's a very important point you make there about our story, because that's definitely like what we're talking about here with the ninth house is that when we say like a tradition that you're following this tradition, but you're also following the tradition of your father, your lineage or teacher or whatever, but you're following a storyline. Yes, and there's always some kind of, of structure to a good adventure story. You know, you'll have a, a protagonist and you'll have some challenges and you'll have the overcoming of the challenges and you have the conclusion where Red Riding Hood stands hand in hand with the wolf and takes the bow. And, you know, there's some basic mm. things. Mm. And I always thought of astrology as being like, shape those basic points when they come in in the story and you have to have to have a story. You've got to have a beginning and then an adventure, something which makes you go, oh, wow, now what, you know? So that there mm -hmm. is some adventure, excitement, some, some of the opposites. You have to have those opposites in the challenges. So if we bring in Rahu now, let's bring yeah, in the, yeah. the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> the beloved, the, the, the beloved um, opponent. Let's bring in Rahu and... This is interesting. This is a very interesting dynamic because looking at, and this is something I think about a lot in terms of what stories are we telling ourselves and what are we following? Like, who are we following? Whose advice are we following? All of that. And therefore, how are we mapping out our future? Because the past, from an astrological point of view or any point of view, it makes sense that your past dictates your future. If you think a certain thing or you believe a certain thing, for whatever reason, your father taught you or this taught you or that taught you, you then map that out into the future. You project that out into the future, which is what the yeah. fifth sign is about. And it connects all of the three Dharma houses, the first, the self, the fifth, the future, and the ninth, the past. The ninth is the past, of course. Yes, yes, go on. I'm sorry, I'm having little realizations as you're talking. So that's yeah. it. Ninth, the ninth house represents the past, the fifth, the future. The ninth, the father, the fifth, the child. Right. Yeah, I can see that. It's lovely. Yes. They're all Dharma. It's all... Yes, like yes. there is a trajectory, basically. That's yes. what it means, Dharma, right? Yes, yes. It's so, it's so interesting. I'm just looking when you were saying who, who, oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm just doing a little bit of configuration in my mind. <laughs> it's it's like if you pay attention to the past and see that as being the 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 shaping of your life that ultimately uh, is transcended. When you begin to look at the, the keala, that movement in the moment, that spontaneous expression from the heart, which doesn't actually listen to circumstances, whether they are laid down in your body, in your mind, in your life, wherever they are, it's the same thing. But you listen to, what do I really want? You know, what, do, what, do, what, is, what is the reality? So recognizing your true identity before and beyond space-time, is the, is, the, is the solution to everything here. You become then uh, in free fall, totally okay, because you become your own home, your own, your own uh, stability, your own platform, your own space on which to stand. So, yeah, I like it. It's really nice. Thank you for, the, for that. No, you're welcome. Uh, but... Um... Let's go back to the antagonist in this story, because it's like yeah. any story you read or a movie you watch, and it's always the, the same sort of like, okay, you've got this pro uh, protagonist and it go he goes off on this journey. And then this is, you know, it's like he goes off the path for a while. It's always that yeah, yeah. where it's like, 
adharma against dharma yeah, yeah. or seemingly right but in, in the grand scheme of things there's no such seemingly. thing seemingly you cannot seemingly. go against it right uh -huh. but rahu appears that way that actually for a while oh i really went off on one there yeah or the, you know the, the the character in this story had to go through these trials and tribulations whatever to come back you know that's rahu in the ninth basically right so right. in indian astrology they do actually take this a lot further and say that Rahu in the ninth is the worst place to put Rahu because Rahu is basically antagonistic in terms of Dharma. And it, they call Rahu the, you know, Ad Dharma. Right. Uh, against the, the natural order of things. But he is the beloved opponent as well. So, well, this is the way, just my, the way I see it anyway. I know the, the the Vedic astrologers have that too. No, but I know, Kishori, that's why I'm asking, that's why I'm saying this to you, because I know that that's going to elicit this kind of other approach that is not seldom, it's basically seldomly seen uh, ever, certainly in astrology, because in astrology, in traditional Indian astrology, Rahu in the ninth is seen as not just bad, it's seen as the worst. They call this position Marna Karakastana. Marna literally means death. So it's like the planet in that position creates this death-like experience of that thing, and i.e., in this case, dharma. Yes, yes. So it's like a fall, a drop in dharma, they call it. Yes, and it could be seen as being the, not the worst, but the most challenging, um, playing for the highest stakes, you know? Hmm. Uh, the excitement of going, oh, yeah, let's, let's climb Everest. Let's go to the bottom of the ocean. Let's go into outer space. How far can we go? What, you know, it could be the, the biggest challenge. Because the, the, what I see from my experience is that turning around the, the QE2 or reversing the apparent direction is the, is the, produces the greatest power. When you can be sovereign in the midst of apparent disaster, and then you get lifted, you know, you get taken to high ground in the midst of a tsunami, or you get, but you have to go to the place where the solution lies, which is in recognizing your own sovereignty, realizing that, and intending and going, no, you know, that shall not have false gods before me. There's only one God, and that God is the way that it's expressed or tasted through my own heart, my knowing. The individualized. Instead of looking at somebody else's heart or somebody else's vision, you have to go, ah, and that is such a challenge to dare to not look at the circumstances, but to put your foot down and go, no, this land, this body, this moment, now, this is what truth desires. This is it. And that is, that is such a challenge, but look at the result that comes. You think of the greatest heroes and 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 the greatest challenges. So I I can't see this. The the only just wrong well not wrong, but the only uh, uh, thing I would take exception exception to is this word worst. It is definitely challenging. It is definitely on the razor's edge. But wow. No. I feel quite teary-eyed actually and um, what you just said it's just really resonated so strongly with me that I feel a bit like um not just a bit I'm, I'm feeling very emotional and you know it's just that 
you know, it's that sense of with Rahu, and if I relate my own story of being in Rahu now for nearly 18 years, it's a long haul in a way. It's been exciting. It's been an adventure, but you're always questioning. This is the key thing about Rahu always, from my understanding anyway, is that, yes, it is that. It's in, in the moment, in your body, in your moment, you know, your mm-hmm. experience, your felt experience, but it's like that constant questioning is this right? Is this right? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? It's, it, yeah, and that's it. Because it, what is what I see that the the beloved opponent, what Rao is doing in this, or is is moving to, is forcing us or or pushing yourself, pushing yourself to be in your own authority, to go to your own space where the you that you are knows that abs- that that's the point. That's the point that our committee is talking about. Give me a, a place in which to stand and a fulcrum and I will move the earth. It's at anything when you are in your power and you totally trust in that, in that inner divinity that knows and, 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 and hone that, hone that uh, choice. It's just a choice and somehow all the circumstances magically open up before you. And what was impossible, and the Red Sea parts, you know, what was, what is logistically, logically, I mean, impossible to the mind, it becomes crystal clear and you'll fly. That's how we have, that's how, that's how we are as a, as the race, human race, are going to change all of this. We are engaged in it. That's why, that's why the difficulties or the challenges or the chaos, the apparent chaos of the moment is a moment of, of pure potential, pure potential. That is such an important point for people to hear right now because as we all are going through this challenge, and let's not, like you say, call it the worst, because you know you could easily look back at history and and you know how does that help anyway in comparing? But it is challenging, and so this is the challenge. This is taking us somewhere, like you say. You can only get, uh, um, you can only remove the fixity. Of we've had the the um, the apparent corruption, if you like, or the or the distortion or the the separation that's been going on, the manipulation and the imbalance. By, by chaos, you can't, you have to break it up. It has to go, it has to, because it's not true, it's not real. And only what is loved is real. Remember that only what we truly, at the, 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 the absolute pinpoint, we, we, only that is real, because only that is permanent, because only that is expression. You cannot cause, you cannot call manipulation and corruption as, as, a, as, as real. As, as what you love, you know? Mm. The, we have to have passion and love, like a child with it, when it wants its, uh, its, its little toy or its, its bar of chocolate or whatever it's wanting, and it goes, now, 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 and it wants it, right, with such a passion. You remember looking at children when they are in little ones, two or three or whatever, and they want something, they want it, and you can say what you like, but that passion that is so beautiful that's the passion and the knowing of the rightness of it the correctness you don't need to question then you know you know what you want and many many of us 
have been uh, educated to not actually uh, know what we want or to be able to trust in the fact that we can draw it to us because the education doesn't say you are the master of your life it doesn't teach a child to know that it's the it's it's the author it's the sovereign when a child if you have to you have to you have to combine it all into that quietness and pure intention and getting the emotional state sorted and all of that but this is real education identity true identity who am i really not what am i becoming because the becoming goes on all the time but what you actually are when you start the wonder of what am i before those true selves fused what am i before i incarnated i never i always was or i always am if you like and that is the place of power that is the place where there's no question and mind can do its and we can jump up and down and what i call mr frosty breath mind <laughs> it can it can confuse and it can be a, a pied piper say no come this way this way no 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 you're wrong but, but the training the real education of a real human being is is identity who am i not even who but what am i and then there's nothing to stop you can I mean just like the story in the matrix you stop bullets with your hand you can you can fly i love the image of um the pied piper in this context i think it's so apt because you know oftentimes and again let me maybe play, place this in context because rahu in the ninth house traditionally in india was seen as challenging because it's challenging the status quo and in Absolutely. ancient times you don't you didn't want, well obviously the the status quo didn't want to be challenged so i.e. the tradition the family the teachers didn't want to be questioned right and so and you as an individual couldn't go off on your own because if you did that meant death you were outside the clan the tribe but yeah. you can see in a, in an ancient context that would be a, an issue whereas in a modern context everybody's figuring it out for themselves anyway yes so I, in a modern context i don't see rahu in the night as being uh, so challenging even though it does challenge like i said you go on your own path you try and figure it out for yourself but this pied piper i want to go back to that because yeah yeah let's face it rahu does represent politicians people who want power people who um use power and and manipulate power in ways to meet their own ends not necessarily in ways that would suit everybody even if that was their initial um reasoning for getting into politics so it's like the pied piper leading everyone sort of down this merry path right but in terms of the ninth house again it just really rings so true and it's not said often enough that actually what is dharma dharma is individual yes you know it's you it's where you're at and yeah that's what's not experienced it's like you follow have to follow what i say yes you know so that's the problem isn't it it's the it's when you perceive a structure as external to yourself and not integral to what you are creating your own path that rolls up behind you as you walk so to speak your riverbed it's your own unique riverbed if you're the river this river of of it's it, i don't know i'm sitting here experiencing a little bit of of a temporary moment of, of pure bliss this moment ago and it was i'm trying to find the words to describe it it's like rahu is actually not just words but rahu is the beloved it's one of the most 
wonderful sacred uh, psychopomp energy. It's just pure cutting edge because because we have to be brought to that point of absolute challenge. And we go, wow, what are we going to do? Say yes or no? And but you can't say no. You 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 can't you can't you can't go against your own resistance until you absolutely have rooted completely in your own heart frequency. Rao in the heart is is absolute joy because it absolutely wants to uh, set you on your own inner throne. You know, there are no questions. You're sovereign. This is so powerful. I mean, I mean, it's so, anyway, it's really kind of just, I need to take a minute because, um, because when we talk about like the eighth house moving into the ninth house, it's just exactly that. It's our resistance and that pushing against until we reach that state of dharma of this is me. I've come through the wars and this is me, you know? And it's like, it's Mr. Frosty Breath that is the problem. It's like, it's the story we tell ourselves then or that we're told by our father or teachers, whatever, that it's not us. But you do need, you do require, we do, to become uh, the, the, the preciousness that we are, the magnificence. You do need to be forged. You do have to forge yourself. And it's still you that set up the whole story in the first place and all the challenges. And when that realization comes, I cannot push against my own resistance. Because, because it's not time, it's not the moment. It has to come, it has to be allowed. And here the real, the real um, really beautiful word is this word, the allowing. You can't just allow anything, you have to know what you are allowing, what you're desiring. And we have to allow the movement into form of our own allowing. And it still has to be, of our own desire, I mean, has to be still allowed. We can't do it. So you can't just go, oh, I'm resisting. I better stop it. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. The moment, there is a, there is an, a perfect moment when the tide turns. Hmm. it's like that getting caught up in somewhere on the riverbed like you know when you see things drifting down the riverbed and it gets buckled against a rock or something and it gets thrashed about a little bit and then it started and then it's freed and then it whizzes on its way again mm -hmm. yeah yes so there is a moment to to drift into free to allow the free fall but there is a moment there also is a lot of moments when we allow the structure of the, the, the fathering, when we see it as external to ourselves, when we recognize that we are the source, not father. We are the one that creates the, 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 the riverbanks, not, not the old belief systems that we incorporated, uh, we started with at the beginning, but that we are it all. Wow. wow. That Rahu is, or the state, or the energy of Rahu is absolutely... The moment you come into Rahu, it's like, this is it now. These are my challenges. I'm going to have lots more challenges during this, these years. Uh, and you've set it up for you. Because that cycle has come. It's time. It's time to fall into your own authority completely. 
that for me is like ringing bells in my head because and in my heart because more than anything that is the sense i've had throughout this and i i am thankful for whatever knowledge whatever tradition whatever teacher that i've been had had access to to be able to have that recognize uh, that acknowledgement and without it i think i would have at this point gone stark raving mad. Mad, yes oh, I, I, I would have i would have if i i just i can imagine that i would have but then i'm thinking well am i lo- am i missing out on having gone mad and i know that by the way for some listeners that is somewhat offensive to some because i've heard this back from people in the past but i remember years ago asking an astrologer indian astrologer and without having really known too much about raho at the time i was just about to enter the cycle like so nearly 18 years ago I asked him, is it possible to go insane consciously? And without, well, without hesitation, he said, yes, absolutely. But it depends on what sanity actually is. To fit into the world, we have to have a certain kind of collusive sanity. But then there's ultimately the magnificence of a of, of genius mind. I will see that when you allow the the heart frequency to to illuminate to 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 fill the mind it becomes illumined and that you see with the intelligence of the whole rather than a limited point where you're always having to uh, compromise or fit in or make do or obey rules there are no rules for for the for the, for the those who are fully embodied, enlightened, not, not just knowing, but having embodied that, I don't know, I really, my, my mind boggles at the thought of what humanity is moving towards. Because I don't see, I don't see it going, I don't know, into dissolution at the moment. A lot of people are talking about, uh, they are despairing and the world is in a mess. No, I just see no, this is the what what my being called the pot boiling massa confusa. We're back to looking at a new negredo in alchemy, and out of it is going to come. I can see it. It's there, clear. And what we have to do now is look and see some point of completion. It doesn't matter whether you have it with clarity or not, but God, this is what humanity is already. And we are tracing that now in our story. We're retracing the story when Red Riding Hood and the Wolf were all seen as the same one. Because mm. what, what fascinates me is um, a lot of commentators, astrologers are in particular talking about this time of Adharma and a, a dip in Dharma, and it's all about big business and so on and so on, right? You can go into all of that, the politics of it all, and money and so on. But and how things seem to be chaotic, right? But stepping back from it, like you said, there is an order to everything. There is a sanity in there as well. Yes, there's coherence beneath hmm. beneath all this. Like the riverbed. Yeah, there's a riverbed. And it's a very turbulent, we're going through the rapids and the white water and all of it. But it, it's, there is an inner knowing that the mind doesn't know. The wisdom of the, well, as Alan Watts called it, the wisdom of divine indifference. It's like we are, we are that cutting edge. And you know, only a few of us go to that point and recognize what I'm saying. It's an unknown completion, 
but it is magnificent because the eye wishes to be known. It's a secret treasure and it is absolutely designed to be known in all its magnificence and its freedom. And it doesn't want to be tied down like Gulliver. It doesn't want to be, it's, it's looking for the perfection, the beauty of, of, it, of it all, the wonder. I haven't got words for it. I don't know. I just, I just, I just can see that this, this is a very temporary, absolutely required state that we're going through. Like when you you said, "Oh, I've always got this resistance, and I'm not sure." I think you do. I mean, I always thought from the beginning. I know. I think you do know, and your resistance is it's not the moment. It's not the moment for the, the full this next expression. It's it's incubating. I really get a sense of that kind of being stuck sometimes on the riverbed, mm. like being thrashed about by the, the river sometimes. Mm. But I, I, that I actually am, and you know, again, being in a Rahu cycle, that I am actually consciously choosing that. I, 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 I recognize that actually I am choosing that on some level and I'm being more conscious of that. And that actually then the release, like you talked about before, Rahu is always either easy or impossible. That's right. It's the birth process. And this is some kind of birth. But, you know, it loves it. Whatever it, the whole, absolutely loves it when it's recognized. When you, as the whole, recognizes what's going on and relax, you can relax in it. Something lets go inside. And then there is a, such a, I just felt it in my heart, in my whole body, a feeling of, of absolute bliss that you get to the point of, and it's not, they call it trust, but it's not trust, it's, it's knowing. It's knowing that it's all already. Everything is always already. And we are moving into experience. That's a really important distinction you made there between trust and knowing, because it feels to me as trust is, oh, like I'll trust, but it's a step away from or back from the knowing, which is the embodying it. And then we give the knowing, we bring the knowing to all of us, to all the cells, to all the organs, to literally in the body. So the body is not feel, felt like as something separate that, oh, it might, you know, the liver might fail or this, that big toe's got, you, you can, it's self-regenerating. It's meant, I, I know it's meant to be, that, that it was designed, it is designed to be. Self, self uh, repairing. So Star Trek medicine. <laughs> Go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, what I'm I'm thinking about now is this kind of this organizing system or, or or just order behind everything and at the bedrock of everything. And then Rahu mm -hmm. coming in again, seemingly disorderly and chaotic and all of that. But you know, for for a purpose. There's a reason behind it all. But let, let, let me talk about something a bit different. Well, not different, but well, kind of expanding on that a little bit mm -hmm. in terms of the ninth house being about knowledge. Yes. And Rahu being everything that is different. And yes. like, so it's, it's quite common to see in someone's chart who has Rahu influencing the ninth house in the ninth house or aspecting in some way influencing the ninth house that they change religion or they 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 move towards a, a foreign religion or they study a foreign religion or a different philosophy. For, for me, what it seems to be, even though that can take you on a path that will actually bring you back to yourself ultimately, 
that but the potential for you to go off and not really fully digest and integrate and be that because it's this foreign thing like you wear the garbs you put on the the robes you 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 chant the whatever but it's like you're you're playing a role right mm -hmm. and you've moved away from something important there it seems mm -hmm. to me because so the ninth house Rahu would suggest therefore that someone who takes on so many different religions and belief systems and things and teachers like lo lots and lots of teachers but the more teachers they have the more advice they get the more lost they can be mm. you know that's i've seen that a lot in people with ninth house rahu and, and do you remember that reminds me of that story um of a of, of a of a, a guy in india village in india and he 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 had a, a teacher to start a guru, and then he tried another one, another one. And one day, the most amazing guru, new, brand new, of hundreds of the gurus, comes to the village and sits in the square. And he has all these little bottles of, of, of sand, different colors, you know, that like they do when they're doing the, um, I can't remember what it's called now, laying out the, the mandalas on the on the earth. Mm. And and this, this young man, or seems like young a young spirit comes and says oh can i can, can i be your disciple will you be my master and the the master who's obviously able to know everything looks at him and then and he just doesn't say anything and he he picks up one vial of red and then a pink and then a blue and a yellow and he pours a little bit and another little bit and then, and then when he's got a bit of everything he takes a stick and he stirs it up <laughs> he has a little he, and he's got some kind of brownie gray soil like sand, not even interesting anymore. And he looks at him. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the thought. <laughs> and he says, you know, you go back to your first master. And what he's meeting is not even the first guru, but his own inner self. And he says, that's what you like when you're going here, there. And there aren't when I that first thing I said about the Pied Pipers is if there were one Pied Piper, great. <laughs> but that you go on the internet, for example, my God, the cacophony of all the Pied Pipers, and you. I mean, you, I get in my in my inbox every day. I've only got to be curious about one thing, and it 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 leads me in into the hydra-headed Piper Pied Piper of all, <laughs> and I get a dozen emails. Which I don't open. I open one or two, and then one the other day said, "said You haven't opened our emails for the last uh, six months. Um, and we are now going to delete you from my list, uh, as if I would be scared." You know, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like ultimately you have to go back to that inner knowing, and that's what we have to cultivate. So yeah, <laughs> but that story of of following all the little voices—you can't. Your mind gets fragmented. Mm. And make and then just makes the soup. Yeah, soup, absolutely. Mm. That makes so much sense. And yeah, yeah and following a tradition, like or following any piece of advice or tradition, to me would seem like it's not about the teacher or the tradition or whatever it is or wherever you're from or wherever you go to, and whoever you learn from. It's that you embody it. That it's not just this concept in your head and like Mr. Foster Breath coming up with lots of different new ideas. Yeah. Because, because it's not by the power of the guru that anything happens. It seems to be the case. Remember the story of, 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 of Osho um, 
it tells a story of a of a guru walking on the on the banks of the river um, one morning with all his disciples and one of these very old disciples on the other side <clears throat> he says master master wait for me and he 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 runs across the river to the the guru and then oh, a bit later they've all gone away and the guru says if that old fool could walk on the water i can surely so he walks on the water and he drowns that's the master did that mm. so you know it's wow. like it's not by the power of the master that we walk it's by the power that, the that, that you're in you that story now is so important in terms of what we could talk about next which is the quote-unquote darker side of rahu in the ninth and more recent years how where it really is dredging it all up with all these um scandals and sex abuse and all of that with yeah all of these gurus yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. literally all the traditions i can think of buddhist or otherwise it's like all of these um gurus who basically have been you know showing their rahuvian side if we say now how do we as a community as a global community like incorporate all of that integrate all of that kind of because when you think about it like the tradition itself is probably nothing wrong with it necessarily because it's like you say it's not about the tradition like you can follow any tradition and it can suit you right but the teacher the spearhead of that who has maybe abused people sexually even but the thing the thing is is that there's only one being so there's only one mind there's only one and all aspects have to be seen and then chosen. You don't have to live out, but you do have to acknowledge it's all there, the whole. Highest of high and lowest of low. The most beautiful and the most apparently to mind, the most disgusting, but there's only one. And what can we do? What can each individual do? Recognize the wholeness in themselves that doesn't mean good it doesn't mean perfect it doesn't mean it means recognize it and then choose what you want to express so can i ask then therefore if we're seeing a prevalence of this kind of shadow side shall we say of the guru of the teacher all these <laughs> sexual abuse claims and all of that is it that we haven't been doing that that actually we're now projecting our shadow self on these the, people the, the guru is displaying or these, the, the, the apparent leaders is displaying simply the unintegrated contents that all of us, is, it's serving. Mm. And it's that the, the one who surrenders himself, and, and it's one of the lines in the poem that we've been, we've been being pushed to publish it so soon. So now, hopefully before Christmas, it says, um, Rahu is uh, humbly surrendering himself to be the darkness humbly surrendering to be that. If we say that there is no other, there is only the one being who is expressing in all these infinite, or not infinite, but numbers of, of beings, multiple, we can't even count the numbers of, of humans that were, that were born apparently, or are not yet born apparently, but all exists in the mind, it's all holographic, it's all a dream but it's also a real dream and what is loved is real. But if there's only one and we have to see it, you can't just go, oh, well, um, let's project all the darkness onto or all of this stuff that we presume is darkness onto somebody else. And we do it in tiny ways in our life. 
the aversions and the choices and it's like we have to become that indifferent but we still make choices but recognizing that the full spectrum of what is possible exists within each of us we may not choose it but it's there because we are the whole but we've made choices to 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 display a part an aspect of the full spectrum consciousness the wheel and project uh, the things that we don't choose onto others we do it in in less challenging ways in everything you select a certain <clears throat> aspect of the zodiac and you say okay i'm going to live in this libra or this whatever it is you know scorpio and and so oh, i'm a scorpio so therefore i have got these certain tendencies yes but they aren't who you are they aren't what you are they're what you're temporarily choosing to explore and when they say uh, one man in his time lives many parts and we we look at things like the uh, the idea of past lives or uh, reincarnation there's only one if you look at the full spectrum of the zodiac and the way that the the ancients divided it up into these little portions to to attempt to give some structure some shape to it certainly temporary structure ultimately we transcend all of that but for the moment to take one structure and explore you can't explore it all at once you'd be a soup and we know that being a soup is not what we're here for we're here to express with finest detail filigree energy filigree structure what what could that shape what could that produce how can we make a magnificent exquisite life so we become more and more refined alchemically you know that is so important for people to hear especially those who follow astrology and who have of course perhaps now identified with certain signs you know it might not be just one sign that might oh my rising sign is libra my sun sign is scorpio my whatever and whatever it's still all like you say like breaking it all up and to understand it, but that you then have to integrate it all. Like my teacher here, Pearl Finn, used to always say, we're all the science. Yes. Another way of saying we're all of it, you know? Yes. But we tend to obviously like cut things up and then disown parts of ourselves and project that therefore yeah. then other, other but people. But that's not wrong. That is a way of growing. It's a way, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you just can't do it. With the, the process of growing is... Uh, uh, separating and 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 then re-merging, re rejoining, like alchemy. You divide, separatio and coniuxio. You know, we just we pick little bit and go. Okay, I'm going to explore this now. You can't explore every single possibility in this world. You can be you be a ballet dancer and a deep sea diver and a brilliant engineer and a mathematician and a a, a mother of a wonderful fact all at the same time. So we divide, being divides itself into, into all the different possibilities. And each one of us has a unique part to play in the exploration of now, what do I love? What is the, the I that I am, I want, to, uh, I want to create? What your jewel in this particular magnificent lifetime? All the while you know what you actually are, you identify with the ultimate, but you are that in this in this shape 
That is so important to hear because in astrology, obviously there's a lot of this kind of categorizing people into different signs and so on. And even in, in the astrology community, there is this kind of divide now between East and West in a major way, because as the zodiacs um, differ, like with the procession of the equinoxes and you have this kind of drifting of the zodiac. So mm -hmm. from the equinoxes and all of that. So you have these kind of like two camps now talking about tropical zodiac is right. No, the sidereal zodiac is right. And you have this kind of, again, this projection. And for me, I, can, I am fine with it all being it. You know, whereas other people I hear a lot talking about, no, you can only be one sign. You can't have both signs rising. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that going on. And actually, that's my talk this weekend at the uh, astrology uh, conference. All right. It's an east-west integrative approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, how do I, as a Westerner, studying an eastern approach from India, in, like integrate it all. Good, of course, of course. And, and there has to be, but without without conflict or, or it's, a, it's okay, this is one way. It's like, you know, you know what a fly's eye looks like? Mm -hmm. With all the oh, different, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the fly has its whole, you know, it has a multiple vision of, of all of the broad, full spectrum. Mm. So while we explore one theme, we are aware that there are multiple ways of looking at it. And to come to a synthesis of what really is the source of our being and express the littleness, the smallness, the, the, the and that's not a negative thing, that's just the, the, the fineness. And know the ultimate, wow. That seems to be the kind of, that's the crux of it. It's like knowing, the truth, if we use the word truth now with capital T truth of who you are, mm. and then yes, divide it up as much as you want in whatever way you want and play with it, but that you still have that anchoring in that truth. Mm. That seems to be, you know, the most important thing, whatever you play with, whatever religion or philosophy or teacher you play with. And then you follow the inner impulse because the impulse to express is from the, the full spectrum in love expresses and it expresses a full spectrum and if we we look at the the dharma if you like of each individual body of each individual embodiment that it, it has its own unique pleasure i love i love a chocolate pudding i love calamaris i love you know it's that the taste the rasa or the or the, or the the aroma, the feeling of the, the uniqueness. It's loving it all, but choosing, when you go to a restaurant, you don't say, bring me everything. <laughs> hmm. It's got to be individual. And, it, and, and it's just that the original thing of the, I, I was a secret treasure and I wish to be known. Each of us are an eye of the absolute, of the infinite. But we all are anyway. But we've chosen to be like, like a finger. Finger is not the whole body. A finger is a finger, but it still is the body. Mm. And, and you can only taste one raspberry at a time or, or one little flavor. You, you know, it's like, mm. Mm. to me, it seems so simple. And if we can understand it, even intellectually to start with, then your own inner keala, your own inner impulse, will lead you naturally 
to the, the realization and the embodiment of the perfection that we each are. No, I'm, I, I hear you and I'm, I've, I'm living it and experiencing exactly what you're talking about. So it's not like just theoretical, like even though I've, I've definitely studied a lot of things and I would say even like Rahu, um, in my Rahu nature, I'm, I'm almost like obsessive about more, more, more. I want more knowledge. I want more. I can't get enough. It's like of I want course. to devour it. And, <laughs> and knowing that it's not just about devouring it. It's like like you, if you were to eat a huge meal. I mean, my eyes are always bigger than my stomach, as the saying mm -hmm. goes. I love to eat a lot, but I can't digest it all. So I have to like really portion myself. Then you taste. It's the taste. You know, I just did a five-day water fast. And, um, and the taste of one little teaspoon of, 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 of something, anything. And, and I, I put some spices and I just did a, a, a quarter of a handful of spinach with this and the taste, I didn't need very much. And all that talk they have about refeeding after fasting, I don't have it because I just put in the, the spices or the taste and doesn't need very much. And the satisfaction that comes from slowly tasting one taste, one refined thing. Each time I do it now, it's like there's a, <clears throat> a refinement of the ability, the pleasure of, of preparing food and just having that one little bowl. Of, mm. that's, that's all this life is. The highest of high, meaning the fullness of everything, and then that little teeny expression, that little grain of sand. And, we, and really, when you look at the whole thing, it appears as if we are so small, but we're not. We're like the TARDIS, or we're like, you know, <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> I, I think I do that as well, with because the analogy of the food makes so much sense to me, but also if, I, if we relate that to knowledge and like devouring yes, knowledge. Yes, yes. It's the same. Buying loads and loads of books. Mm. I did that for years. I've still got half of them left and thousands still, too many. And I'm gradually pruning the things that I know I'll never look at again. But it's like, oh, yes, I want, I want more of that. And then sometimes not even reading, finishing the book because... Mm. Or speed reading. Like the thing is nowadays yeah, as well, yeah. it's all Kindle, right? And it's literally at, like I can be just at the tap of a, a finger like download a few books in no time and then like i used to go through this phase of like speed reading books but like i'm not really digesting anything i'm taking in it's like it's not mm -hmm. really embodied if it's not if it's not savored that's the word like looking at it as a meal mm. a digestion and that's why so many people have got difficulties with the digestion at the moment and you know whether it's i don't know some kind of cancer of the digestive system or it's like we have to learn to savor and digest everything ultimately we can eat anything or nothing anything or nothing because we don't actually live on the food mm. food is for pleasure for for exploration for taste for enjoyment it's but interesting because the other night i watched a movie that i hadn't anticipated would, would be so horrific it was a movie about um, a mass killing in India. So you think, okay, yeah, you know, this is going to be horrific. And it led to the, uh, the uprising in India. But 
I just the movie up until the point of the actual shootings that took place in 1919. So it was like it was based on that uh, in India. Um, didn't suggest that this was going to be horrific. So I wasn't prepared for it. So I was sitting here watching this movie that up until that point was quite, you know, easy, easy enough to watch. And then this scene came in and this scene was so horrific and dragged out because to make that point that literally these hundreds and hundreds of people were slaughtered in this, in this area in India. And it was horrific. Like it was literally showing everything, limbs being blown off and you name it. And I was just convulsing and, and pulling back and covering my eyes and yada, yada. And basically I went to bed that night and I felt like I was lying in bed, like shell shocked. And I didn't sleep well at all. I was having nightmares and all of that. And it reminded me of what you'd said to me previous, that if you could be with that and completely be open and allow it and digest it, then I would have had an easier time with it than like shirking away from it, you know? So that really feels to me like what's happening these days is that there's so much going on, so much information, so much knowledge being thrown out there. We can't digest it all, first of all, but a lot of the things that we don't want to hear as well, we, we don't hear, we, we shirk away from it, we contract around it, it seems. Yes, absolutely. I remember telling um, oh, a group of people, students, that if until you can actually look at the news with total dispassion and indifference, then don't watch it. Don't watch it at all. Just, just turn it off because it, it inputs resistance and violence and shock into the into the system and the nervous system is damaged because you don't you can't allow it to all go through like you know like like white water rafting just just in and in some way i can't say enjoy but well totally digest what's going on because it seems like we are most certainly white water rafting right now here we are. Mm. And like when, again, you're resisting that and not going with it, like a lot of people, this is what I'm hearing anyway, and my experience of it many times, if I do watch the news and what's going on in the world, it feels sometimes that you are booking the current and you're like being whipped up against the rocks a lot of the time. Mm. And when you establish yourself in what I'm talking about, this point of sovereignty, you can not you can change it. You can change what's happening. You're the one that's projecting the movie, each one of us. And so many things could be going on in the world and you can be at perfect peace and still even be aware of the, the muddle that's going on and not be affected. I do remember, I think I told you when I was, was very young, I, I watched, I went to hear um, Fritjof Capra speak in uh, in uh, Victoria in London, mm. and um, and I came out so inspired, and I was standing there just looking at the school opposite, and I remember thinking, oh wow, my destiny is to stand in is to be able to stand in front of a nuclear explosion and be unmoved, untouched, unchanged, because I can see through it and I can choose what. I, I want it to be, it's, it's, it's holographic. We do not need to be affected by anything. Once we come to that point of real power, but it has to be through the heart because otherwise it's, it's control and you know, resistance and pushing it away and, 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 and denial and, you know, 
but you have to be eyes open. Everything is possible. And until we recognize that that is all me, each one of us, that the person out there that you're coming and standing in front of a pedophile or you're standing in front of a, a somebody that's an abuser, what we call perpetrator, all that exists in me and you're able to have total, uh, I don't like to use the word control, but uh, presence in that. And it isn't there unless you choose it to be there. You talk about tree falling in a, in a forest and it makes a sound and if there's no one there to hear it does it actually make a sound is that tree really falling in the forest it seems to be i mean these are some of the questions when i first began to wake up i started looking at all of this and i began to realize yes i may not be completely master yet of all my experience but i most certainly acknowledge that i am the i am the originator i'm the source of all my experience, without a doubt. There is no doubt about it at all. And then we have to find which little bits of undigested past or anticipated future or whatever my emotion or my belief system is still, is still creating. That's, that's why I'm interested in the ninth house being the riverbed, because is the riverbed one that my river is bring you about or is it an old viaduct you know channel that somebody has put there and I'm following that or am I am I so clear about where my experience is coming from and that that I I I modify as I move I am the river I'm the power I am the source of all of this and the bits where I find still that I, I apparently not. I know it's not. I know it's not true. There's nothing out there that can harm the essential nature of what I am. Then, then I see it differently, and that is the that is the crux. That is the the nub of everything that I I won't say teach, but I enable. It's a, I'm an enabler. You know, I'm a facilitator, an activator. I enable anybody who has the desire to become their own, to know and become inform their own sovereign nature, then this is what I facilitate. This is what I'm moving to myself. This is why also that I feel I gravitated towards you, Kishori, because, you know, the way you quote unquote teach, and because you don't say you teach, that you facilitate, that you allow, because my past experience has been of teachers who have disallowed me actually, right? So well, you you've allowed it, them to disallow you. Maybe. I, yeah, you could look at yeah, it. I've disallowed them. The but look at the mm -hmm. dynamics of what a lot of people experience growing up in a father relationship where that is abusive. Let's face it. Yeah, where, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you move from one abusive relationship to another. Of, of course, and but but the being, none of it could have happened. None of it can happen unless the being, the ultimate being, has mm -hmm. allowed it. That, that aspect, and if you as an astrologer could look at their birth chart, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's because this house and that house and this and that and the other. And that, that gives you the picture of their structure. And you would be able to know exactly why that is happening and what is the parent cause. But the ultimate cause is not the, is not the, the, the astrological chart. It's the intention of the being, uh, not intention like we, we know in our minds, 
but the movement of being to explore its full spectrum nature. It's full and, spectrum, uh, not nature, it's full spectrum expression. And, and, and absolutely, I um, have benefited from knowing my astrology as a map of the terrain, not being the terrain, but as a map to understand myself and what my asking has been. That's the thing. So I no longer point at people, teachers or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so it's you, you, you. I understand it as part of me, but and my journey. And it's been a really rewarding part of the journey as well. This whole Rahu journey, if we say that. Mm. And it really has been so rewarding. I can't imagine my life without it. Right. But at the same time, because this is the thing I always think about in terms of, yes, it's me, but it's also you. It's also yeah. them. It's also it's yeah. all it's all of us all of a piece right the eye that is we yeah we are that i but we are the whole and we are the little teeny speck as well but each little tiny speck in, includes the whole and that and 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 the the, the i just say the the game is to realize that and then go on playing in the story not wait to die Go on playing in the story, refining the individual expression, having um, more and more joy in knowing that whatever you come across that it doesn't suit your majesty <laughs> is able to be uh, upgraded. A constant up, apparent upgrade. I mean, I call it these, I don't have the words to express to really yet, but I'm, I'm forging a new language. <clears throat> mm to be able to express it because it is such fun it is such a pleasure to to refine the ability to play this game and words are important of course because the words they you do. choose and the story you tell has a huge impact on you know and and let's face it with astrology the predictions you make has a huge impact on what you're going to experience and how of you experience course. it of course, and I must say the 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 um, the weight of, of an, an astrologer that says this is this and that is that and this is what's going to happen, and it's like oh my god, I've declared it, I've declared, and it will happen. <laughs> Astrology is, as I always say, a double-edged sword. It is. It really is. You're not your current expression, but only what you love is real only what you really really love so we have to go around choosing out of the whole thing and become real because what you resist it will go what you is there's no there's no fuel there's no current to hold it here it will go the heart consumes the heart lives on the on the, the darkness meaning that the heart consumes everything which is not uh, not 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 beautiful perfect harmonious expression or my words are not anywhere near enough to do it justice, but the heart lives on darkness. So if you take any situation to the heart and just let it rest and go, I don't understand, I don't like this, I don't know what this is, but here, yeah. and let it rest and allow very, very immediately when you experiment with this, you will see that that situation will have transformed itself that body part will transform itself uh, more and more and more as we as we identify with being the shakti the power you can call it what you like you can personify you can call it the divine mother you could whatever you want to call it but there's a subtle 
movement towards well-being, a subtle, a subtle expression to, to create beauty innately. That is, of course, why also in India, Rahu is related to Durga. Right. Oh, well, tell me about that. that. I don't know about that. So, I mean, it's just the, the fierce form of the feminine that actually ultimately ah, yeah, yeah, removing yeah. removing the negativity, removing the you know whatever it is that needs to be transformed into um, its life, its shakti, like you said. Yes. And it has so many expressions. But I mean, even the even those the the the, the Christians who have this um, this idea of the end times when the lion shall lie down with the lamb. It's the same thing: red riding hood and the wolf standing hand in hand. Mm. Because the the conflict and the tearing and the fighting and the that that's all part of the evolutionary. But it's not evolution. It's we are retracing the steps of this story. And, and whatever I say, it's for anybody, whether they love it or they dismiss it, it has to be taken to the heart and integrated so that you will know, each one knows exactly what you know in your heart about anything that is said by anybody. No, it's not about putting my point of view or my individual. No, I'm expressing the truth as I as it comes through me, as I've, I've, I've cognized it. And I know it from as far as I know within my light's ultimate truth, the things that I say. It's not perfectly expressed. It's not perfectly defined. And everybody has to take, rather than go dismissing it, just go, okay, let me look and see what is the what is that I know, the, the I that is through me knows about what has been said so it's it, it, it that's the only thing we can do and if i if i hear somebody that uh, i feel is a i don't know manipulating or is a uh, corrupt i don't bother, i don't say that i go in here and i go okay what am i what am i to do what am i to take from this what am i to know what am i to taste from this and i feel it because it's the only way that and that is another one of the the abilities that each human has to, has to taste whether something is delicious, real, or, or, or to be discarded. You can only know by tasting a substance whether it pleases your body or not, pleases your, your taste. It's the same with everything in life, everything. Rather than fighting, just go, okay, what do I know about this? Okay. And if your intention is to is to radiate harmony, to upgrade, to... It's not just some, some theoretical idea. I'm, I'm sending love and peace to the world. It's, it's actually, I'm, 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 I'm desiring to taste uniquely my own, my own perception, my own engagement with this, this situation, this person, this food, this, this story, this... It makes me think of if only we could approach circumstances and people in our life just as we do a menu and we look at the menu and we don't go like, I, oh, I hate asparagus. I'm not having asparagus. And it's like complaining yeah. about asparagus forevermore. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I, I call it? I call it the cosmic supermarket, the cosmic mm. free giveaway where you can have anything you want. Mm. And what anybody else is displaying, for example, 
rather than envy or fighting to take the land back, go, okay, that's very nice. Thank you. That's a menu. Story around. It's a, it's a supermarket. It's a menu. And you can choose to express any part of the menu that you want. Any part. doesn't matter what it is. Richard, Richard Branson or Dalai Lama or, a, 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 I don't know, and, and, and a lion in the jungle roaring. You can be anything you want. And the shapeshifters of the world, which is one of the definite, one of the descriptions I give to what I am, shapeshifter, is definitely um, one of the abilities to be so fluid, but also so content within the shape that you have, but you're a shapeshifter. That is, if I have not heard anything more Rahuvian, that is Rahuvian. That is like yeah. literally the story and myth of Rahu or the demon Swarbanu who went in between the sun and moon in disguise to drink of the Amrita. Now, what, what did you call it? Because I called him Nagavasuki. What do you uh, call it? Oh, Vasuki would be the, the, the snake that was used to coil around the, the, uh, the mountains and, and he turn was the oceans. Yeah, Tell but there's the myth then, because that's a bit I don't know about it. Tell it's me. the myth, the part of the myth where um, the Amrita was obtained was you're talking about that with the Vasuki, but the yeah, part yeah. of the myth when it was obtained is also then told where Svarbanu is this demon. Svarbanu, S W A R B H A N U, Svarbanu, and he disguises himself. Um, and slips in between the sun and moon, the king and queen at the royal banquet, because they were dishing out the Amrita that they obtained from the churning. And so he yeah, wanted, yeah. the demon wanted the Amrita to become immortal, right? So he disguised yeah. himself. And that's why Rahu is seen as the imposter, like the, having the imposter syndrome, or like you now say, in a very clear way. And for me, what seems clearer is the shapeshifter. Yeah. You know, it's that ability to change shape and form, but to realize that that is not you also. Any shape I, is a different, it's like that coat of many colors, you know, mm. uh, we can take any color we want, any form, and water becomes everything. We like water poured out, you mm. know. Listen, will you please uh, send me a link somewhere to that, that myth that... Oh, when, 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 basically it's the story of Rahu, and it explains the whole dynamic of Rahu really well. And this, even in terms of, if we place it in modern context of Rahu and you know, and viruses and things like that, and how viruses like hijack yeah. cells. And it's all mutating and changing. Mutating and all this, but it's the initial hijacking of the cell to, to that's the story of Swarbanu hijacking the party to get the Amrita to become immortal because he couldn't be immortal yeah. of himself. He needed it, right? So right. it's like the virus needs a cell to remain alive. It's what because I really want to talk about now because you really, maybe oh, we'll finish with this point because it's really important to bring up is because, and you talked about being any part of it. But the whole issue in this modern era and moving into the age of Aquarius and the very Rahuvian age is that it is all there. Anything is possible. We have access to any knowledge at our fingertips. Just Google it. And basically that the issue then of Rahu being more, more, more is not necessarily the best because we just get bombarded by so many different things that how do we, while knowing, like you said, we're, we can be any part of it, how do we be any part of it? Right, you have it. You have your internal gyroscope, and if you if you if you if you practice surfing, the story and going to your inner uh, guidance, 
there's there's a little spark. I call it the heart star. I mean, it's another descriptor. We are, I don't have the exact words, but it's like a little point of light in the center of the inner sky, in, uh, the brightest star in your own inner sky, so to speak. And all this is poetry, but it's also a living experience that I began with so many, many years ago. I was shown this from within my own knowing, but somebody else has a, might have a complete different expression of it. It's not, the, it's not the truth, it's one description or one expression or one way of activating the truth. And, and that is your home, your guidance. So from there, if you live this life from that state, but embodied, grounded in the body, then you have a very easy time even going through Rahu because you can look at the worst. I, I, I came to the point of being able to look at some of the worst situations in my life and put it to the test. That's what you have to do, put it to the test and, and say, okay, I want a solution for this now. I mean, I, my car broke down when I was many years ago on a dark road, a little long before we had sat navs and stuff like that. And then even before mobile phones became the norm. And I just sat and I went, oh, right. Now what? Put my hand on my heart, as I trained myself to do, to access the non-local cosmic computer, if you like. And I'm just like, yes, what do you want? Well, I want a solution for this. I can't sit here all night. <laughs> I, want, I want to be out of it, whatever it is, some solution. Within moments, a car stops, and it's got a man and a woman there. So it didn't feel like it was a predator. It felt totally safe. And within, uh, and we went through various conversations. And within 15 minutes, I had an AA there, person there. They rang and, and they towed the car. And I went, I don't know what they did. Took me back to my friend's house where I stopped. I think within, within an hour, it was all resolved. But within 15 minutes, immediately, within five minutes, I had the car stopping. And the person that stopped was... I just, I just knew that they were the answer to my request or my, my requirement. That's an example. I've done this with far worse things than that. I'm sure, I'm sure. But it strikes me with that story that it's more important that you place hand on heart, that you center yourself, that you go to your heart field, that you are in that place before asking anything. Because let's face it, if you're, I need a teacher, I need advice, give me advice, I need, I need, I need a direction here in my life. If you're doing that from the place of like, like a child reaching out, you know, and, and needing something so bad, but like from that place of not being that. It's a place of already done or already the whole, the place of the wholeness. And within quantum, what I call the state of, of the cosmic computer, within quantum, there exists the perfect solution or the perfect response to, like, like a child in the garden finding a snail, it's sitting there, never seen a snail before, gets a bit scared, looks up the kitchen window and its mummy's there, and immediately it's, it's got a home, it's got a place to go to. I have that place and, I, and, and everybody has that place. But the training is to look at circumstances, not to look at source. 
And when we learn to go to the source through the heart, not fragmented mind, because it's only going to give you one or two solutions available. Here I can go to, let's call it uh, all of the zodiac, if you like, or more than even beyond the zodiac, before and beyond space time. And whenever there's a, a reaching out or an, uh, an even an unspoken request, the answer or the solution is already there because we are here. We are the, we are the one that is creating it that's doing this story and it wants to express the magnificence. It wants, it wants to know. So it has to go down every bloody pothole to know what's possible. And then from that, that to choose. So the more, dis if you can say, I value the, the challenges in my life, house burnt down, bankruptcy, my, my partner died, and all of those as cataclysmic events as, okay, don't resist it, just go to the heart and I feel, okay. I remember once in that, not, not necessarily knowing this um, solution of the doorway, the key to the, the, the hole. And I remember being told when I asked for help, I had a massive Kundalini explosion or whatever it is. I call it Kundalini, it doesn't matter. My whole body vanished. And I asked for help and it said, thou shalt not be given. I had to learn. I had to learn from that, that it wasn't a false answer. It wasn't. It was just that I have to go to here to know that I am bringing it forth. I'm giving life. I'm not here like a little bird going, feed me. Because it's not like that. That's not what I am. But it takes practice because there are so many Pied Pipers, so many voices calling, so many old memories, so many undigested experiences, so many things. Oh, my mother didn't love me and my father beat me or I was raped at 10 or whatever. I'm not saying those are not got to be acknowledged and addressed. Yes, but from within, from within a different state, it doesn't re-traumatize. When you explore it from that place as being, as being a challenge that I have set up for myself. And I am the one that intends to allow, the word is, the key word is allow, allow the absence to be filled by presence. And that is the, the one of the main things I would describe. Look, turn your attention to the presence in the apparent experience in the experience of the apparent absence. And there's always presence. There cannot be anything else. Absence isn't real. Absence is a temporary experience. And presence is all there is. But you just have to call it in. You just have to, and call it in doesn't mean go, help. It means just quietly going here. And what we are responds to its creation. It's, it's, it's children, if you like, it's expressions. And the presence that we are, you, within you, fill the space. It's so, it's so simple, but we have to dedicate ourselves to bringing that in. And so we can resist till the cows come home, and that's okay, doesn't matter. I just know that the simplest thing is completing the energetic loop. 
the little heart beating and the hands being formed at the same time. Put your hand here. It's not the only way. There are lots of other ways. But this is the most direct way in all my years of exploration. I found of, of speaking, of asking without asking. Wow. Kishori, that is probably as good a place as any to leave it. And I, it's always pains me to leave it because it's so comforting your words. And mm -hmm. as much as I play devil, devil's advocate always with Raho and throw that into the mix, it always comes back to that hand on heart. Yes. So thank you for listening all the way through to the end of this podcast. And thanks again to my guest today, Kishori. Remember, you can contact Kishori and continue this conversation with her at magicmakeover.com. That's magic with a K-M-A-G-I-C-K hyphen makeover.com. My own website here is timelineastrology.com and you can find me on patreon.com. Um, that's patreon.com forward slash timelineastrology. I write daily reports for my patrons. Every morning I sit and write an astrology forecast or I make a video. I'm always doing something. Um, so please check it out and become a supporter. I would really appreciate your support. And again, going deeper with astrology. So again, thank you so much for listening and until next time.